Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Eagle Church. They say what you celebrate reflects what you value, and today we are celebrating eight lives who are heading into the waters of baptism to testify that Jesus is mighty to save. That's reason to celebrate, church, right? So welcome. Maybe you're a friend or a family member who's come. Uh, some of you have driven a long way or traveled a long way to be here. We're glad that you're here. And if you're a guest and we just want you to feel welcome, and we've got a guest central area out there for you, we've got some free stuff to give you. So if you stop there and there'll be some folks to answer some questions for you as well. So part of the journey of today is we're going to hear from eight lives who are going to talk about the impact that Jesus has made in their life. And so we're going to have a second, in a few minutes, they'll be up here to share through their cardboard testimonies a little bit about how that journey is going to go. And so we just want you to kind of settle in. And this is a day where we celebrate together the wit we're eyewitnesses as a community. And so kids, you're here with us today. Welcome all the children into the room today, Eagle Kids crew. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for all of you who serve our kids. So kids, here's the thing I want you to see today. Each one of those going into the waters has made a decision to give their lives to Christ, to live in a way that honors Him, to go Jesus' way. None of them are saying they've got it all together by getting in these waters. They're saying they know the one who puts things together, and that's Jesus. Okay, so kids, at some point in your journey, when you get to the point where you're old enough to kind of own your own faith, you've lived enough life to really internalize this decision, that's what you're seeing up here. And so kids, that's why we want you a part of this service. This is a family moment for us as a church. So we have all the generations represented here. And so that's why it's a significant uh, for all of you to see that and to hear their stories and to participate. So our role as a community is to be on the celebration side. Some of you remember this day for you right now, like you remember, right? When maybe the tank wasn't that nice back when you got baptized. Maybe the water wasn't that warm when you got baptized. Probably not this clean as it is today. But you remember, we used to do them down at the lake back in the 71st Street days, an old uh, metal horse trough. Some of you remember that. We used to get here at like 5 o'clock in the morning and try to get the water as warm as possible. We'd get it maybe to 80 degrees. I mean, that was a good day. We called it like Jordan River temperature, you know, that kind of thing. But all of us, as you kind of reflect on your own journey today, let's let the ripple effect come off those baptism waters into our own hearts. And maybe God's got something to say to us today as we relive the stories of these folks or your own story itself. This is the role of the community. Jesus says, when the people of God gather, when decisions like this have been made, at some point, those folks get in the waters of baptism and testify to it. And that's what today is. And we want to welcome everybody who's joining us online. We've probably got an extended crew, everybody joining us online from all over the place, friends and family who couldn't physically be here. We're glad that you're here. And as a community, Eagle's about way more than just what's happening on Sunday mornings here. We say it's about more together every day, more of Jesus, life together, everyday life with Jesus is how we say it around here. So we want you to jump in. If you don't have a church home, come, be a part. Maybe keep coming on Sundays. Maybe jump into a discipleship class going on. Or maybe it's Eagle Kids or Eagle Students. Be a part of our children's student ministries. We want to know. We want this to be a spiritual resource and a place of help and hope for you. Well, in 1899, the folks who were responsible for putting together this book we hold in our hands called the Bible, the God-breathed book, in 1899, the publishers got together. And they said they were trying to figure out a way to cause uh, Jesus' words that are preserved in this book 
to get the attention, kind of shine a spotlight on Jesus' words. Now, all the words in here are God's word, God-breathed book. But there's a special emphasis that the publishers had. What about Jesus' words? Like, we really want to laser in on those. So they came up with this idea in 1899. They said, let's put Jesus' words in red. And it was tied to the blood that he spilled on our behalf on the cross. The blood that accomplished a new covenant and made a new way. And this became the foundation of what was called the red letter edition, of which many of you maybe have in your hands today. Well, I'm so grateful that artists are a big part of helping us celebrate today. And some artists put together some lyrics referred to red letters. And one of our own artists here is going to help us remember that each of those coming before us today has had an encounter with the Jesus of these red letters. Go ahead and have a seat. Well, aren't you glad you came to church today? Wow. Man, if I can't get excited about these days, I need to find something else to do with my life. I mean, this is the, this is the best wet I am all year. Do you know what we like to refer to Baptism Sunday around here as payday? Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, eagle kids, eagle students, leaders, elders, life group leaders, discipleship table leaders, it's payday. All the praying, all the, right, the giving, all the counseling, all the directing, it's payday. There's eight lives standing before you saying, they're going Jesus' way. And I hope part of Mickey's story that he all wants you to know is there's a whole lot of folks in his life who never gave up on him. And some of you right now, you're wondering if it's ever going to, and you finish the blank, right? If there's someone in your life, you're like, someday, somehow, some way, I hope today a ripple effect from this tank says Jesus can make a way when there seems to be no way. Hallelujah, right? His grace is sufficient, church. I don't know what you walked in here with. I'm just going to share for a few minutes on one simple passage in John 14. We're in a journey through the gospel of John. That's what we've been doing as a church family for the last several months. And we're at John 14. And there's a character named Thomas who's known as Doubting Thomas because he's got a lot of questions. Anybody been there where you just want to ask a lot of questions? It's okay. Jesus can handle them. And he comes up to Jesus and he's like, Jesus, I don't know where you're going and I don't know based on where you're going how I'm going to get there. That's Thomas. He's like, because Jesus is trying to prepare him that Friday's coming, crucifixion Friday. It's going to turn into silence Saturday. It's going to turn into resurrection Sunday. He's going to ascend back to the heavens. He's trying to prepare his disciples for what's to come. And Thomas says, I don't know the way. I don't know where you're going and I don't know how to get to where you're going. And here's what Jesus said in John 14, verse 6. He says to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Isn't that amazing, Jesus' response to that question? We would want to give like GPS coordinates and a map, like how he's going to get to the way. Instead, you know what Jesus offers him? He offers it himself. Hey, Thomas, I am. I am that way. And I want you to think about the integration of Jesus' way with Jesus' truth that brings Jesus' life. And when you fracture that up, right, I don't know if you've been around folks who, are, who really have a PhD in Jesus' truth, but it's been divorced from Jesus' way, right? The Pharisees are the New Testament profile of that. 
So that's the folks who want to run around. they got a chapter and verse for everything. They have a theological answer and response for whatever problem you're going through. They've got all kinds of degrees and religious studies and answers. They've got Jesus' truth. It's just fractured. It's divorced from Jesus' way, and so they don't have the life. They're missing out on the life. It's the integration of Jesus' truth with Jesus' way that brings Jesus' life. And you see this morning, the testimony from the baptism tank is Jesus is really clear in verse 6. The only way you're going to get your one and only life set right with the God who gave you life is through Jesus. Jesus is the way we get our lives set right with the God who gave us life. Jesus is the only way. Now, before you have an internal allergic reaction to how exclusive that statement is, I want you to think with me for a minute about how as exclusive as Jesus is in John 14, 6, He's as inclusive as He is exclusive, i.e., take the eight lives before you today. He's inclusive, meaning, look at this. What is the story we've covered in the Gospels already? John chapter 3, he goes after a religious leader named Nicodemus. He's trying to bring Nicodemus into the fold. It's Nicodemus who shows up to help prepare the body for burial. Nicodemus, he was going after him. How about John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman at the well, the outcast, the forgotten, the overlooked. Jesus is going after that. John chapter 5, the man by the pool of Bethesda, who wasn't particularly interested in necessarily spiritual healing. He wanted to be able to walk. Jesus said, I can deal with both of those issues. And he said, do you want to get well? He keeps coming for him. John chapter 8, the woman caught in adultery. They're about to stone her to death. Jesus said, hey, put down your stones unless you're without sin there. He keeps going out. He keeps coming after the forgotten, the overlooked, the marginalized, the tax collectors, the sinners, those, all of us here sitting in blue chairs. We are a testimony that Jesus is as inclusive as he is exclusive. You've never met anyone like Jesus who loves all people everywhere, no matter what you've strayed into, no matter how long you've strayed into it, no matter what the commentary of others have given on your life. Here's what I want you to hear loud and clear. Jesus has not given up on you. If you've got breath of life in your lungs, if you're not dead, you're not done. And if you've drawn another breath, Jesus is still coming for you. And maybe you sitting here today is another example of that. Or you listening online today is a statement of this. Jesus is not done with you. He's still coming for you. And his grace is sufficient for whatever it is you're going through. And that's what Kyle and Allie and Anna and Mickey and all those others who were just in the tank and Hunter and everyone else, their testimony is this. Jesus is able. He's as inclusive as he is exclusive. Because John 14, 6 is real clear. Jesus is the only way to God. He's not one of many ways. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's exclusive. He's the only way to get this one and only life set right with God. Jesus is it. And we got to hold the fort on that conversation in church world today, in our culture, who you know, say Jesus is one of many ways. Jesus is the way. But don't forget this, he's as inclusive as he is exclusive. He goes to the ends of the earth, to the farthest extremes. He never gives up until you draw your last breath. you got opportunities to receive his love and grace. So Jesus is our way to God. Now hear this, but Jesus is also God's way to us. Like when the question comes up in our minds, what's God like? Do you know what the answer is? Look at Jesus. 
So just as Jesus is our way to God, Jesus is God's way to us. So you pay attention to how Jesus responded. That's why the red letters are so important in here, because you pay attention to what he said and how he responded and what he didn't say and how he didn't respond. The way he lived, the decisions and choices he made, the values he kept, that's what God's like. You want to know what God's character is about? Get to know Jesus. Do you want to know how to live life with God? Get to know Jesus. Jesus is God's way to us. It's like the highway. It's the same, high, it's the same way. Jesus is the way. Our way to God and God's way to us. It's the same. I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's like a highway with two streets on it. It's both. And his, he's the header over all of it. And so when we go through a Sunday like this and we hear stories like we've seen and you relive your own moment like you've lived, or perhaps you're sitting in a chair today and part of the Spirit's work in your life is, there's a day coming when it's you. It's you. And the Spirit's working and He's tugging and He's stirring. And one day, you join the festive throng with all the rest of us. And you get in those waters and you testify about what? Jesus is the only way my life gets put back right. He's my way to God. And Jesus is God's way to us. So you're kind of picking up a theme. Jesus is is kind of a big deal around here. That's why we sing all these songs about, like, he's a big deal. Like, he's supreme and he's central. Everything is Jesus. Play Pastor Obvious for a minute. The church is about Jesus. This book is about Jesus. His life is unlike any other life. He's the Savior. He's the Rescuer. He's the Healer. He's the Redeemer. We just want to give Jesus away. That's where we're offering Jesus to whatever it is you walk in here with. It's Jesus that we're offering to help. And so maybe you're like Thomas. Maybe you got a few questions. I was a lot like Thomas growing up. I had a lot of questions. I remember the person who was first talking to me about Jesus. He said, Eric, I think we need to talk about sin and the reality that you're a sinner. And that just sounded way hard for me. So I just said, I don't think, I don't think I'm a sinner. That was my response, you know, 16, 17-year-old kid. That's kind of what a teenager thinks, I think, at some points. I'm not a real sinner. And then he asked me a few questions about, well, and he knew, you know, maybe some stuff I was doing that mom and dad didn't know about. Ooh. Oop, caught on that one. Oop, caught on that one. And you've heard plenty of stories around here, for those of you who've been around here a while. Um, that what a saint my mom is. My mom's here today to support. And you remember when I used to tell some of these stories that were kind of like, you know, she says she's learned a lot through the sermons I've shared through the years about maybe the rest of the story on some fronts. And it's kind of, I think it's um, naivety is good for some of us as parent in parenting. And one, one Sunday, my mom, she was here for a service like this, and I was sharing one of my mischievous stories that my brother and I were in doing things that brothers do back in the day, and I got down to my office after service. She was off back to Iowa, and she left a communication card on my desk. She, my mom did. Do you remember this, Mom? She said, she wrote on it, she said, Eric, you're grounded. I'll deal with your brother when I get home. Love, Mom. I love that. I kept that card. I love that. But you know, somebody comes in today and you feel like that's what God said to you. You're grounded. And today is about, hey, Jesus is not done with you yet. He's not grounded you. He's not giving up on you. 
and there's nothing you've done, and there's nothing you're dealing with, and there's no mountain you're staring at that he cannot help you with. There's no question you're asking. Bring it like Thomas. Say, you know, I don't know the way. I don't know, Lord. I don't understand this, Lord. Just bring it to him. Just bring it to him. And here's what you'll hear him say to you. Hey, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And you can trust me. So what's your next step? Everybody's got a next step off of a day like this. Maybe for some of you, your next step is, I just need to keep coming back to church. That would be a big next step for some. Just keep coming back on Sundays. That'd be great. Or maybe a next step is jump into an alpha class, something like that, to say, I want to learn more about what this Jesus life is about. Or maybe it's jumping into a life group. Or maybe it's start serving. You may, I want to start helping out around. I want to get plugged into a ministry, children's ministry, student ministry, or hospitality ministry, whatever, tech team stuff. Just start. What's your next step? Much like each one of these lives before us in the tank today, once Jesus' way was set before him, they had a decision to make. That's why I loved when Mickey said to me last Tuesday in my office, you can know all about Jesus for all kinds of decades and years, but at some point, gang, it's got to get personal. Maybe today. Let's pray together. Jesus, we rejoice again over what we've seen and what we've heard and what we've witnessed together. Hallelujah for your grace. Thank you for Thomas's honesty to bring to you whatever it is he was wrestling with. He didn't know the way. He didn't understand why you were doing what you were doing. And I pray for any in the room. Maybe you've got big questions. Jesus is big enough for those questions. Keep asking. Safe place for you to come. Ask. Seek. Pursue. And would you just collectively as a group lift our eyes up today and set them squarely on you. Jesus, you are the way to the Father. You help us put our life back in right standing with the God who gave us life. And thank you, Jesus, that you're God's way to us. Thank you that we don't have to run, run around and say, I wonder what God's like. Thank you that today is a great picture. On that cross, through that empty tomb, through your life, that we see your love, your grace, your beauty, your supremacy, your majesty, and we worship you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. Well, do you appreciate artists in the body of Christ? Do you guys appreciate the role that they play? How about for our worship team and band? Can we just give it up for them? Hunter and Justin and everybody who, they bust their tails. Our tech team that's been here since 6.30 this morning. Just thank you for all that you guys do to help us engage in a day like this. And I'm especially grateful for one of the artists God has chosen to put in this body, Mr. Austin Sterling. Wherever you're at, Austin, come on back out here. Austin's going to help us kind of do this wrap-up number to the service. So one of the role of artists is to put words, right, to lyrics. This is another Crowder song. Well, when I first heard it, I text Austin. I said, I feel like this is an Austin Crowder song kind of thing. So to help us kind of put language to what we experience, that's the role of music at times and worship that way, and we appreciate that. And during this closing song, ushers, you're going to come receive our tithes, our offerings, our communication card. If you're a guest with us, you need to feel no obligation to give. This is our way for those of us who call Eagle home. Do you know what all of our gifts go to? They go to stories like we heard today. Do you, this is what we're doing. 
This is payday for us, so all those checks you've written or electronic withdrawals that have come out or cash you've thrown in, what's the bigger picture so that, so that we're hearing stories like we heard today? That's what we're doing. We're here to help people. We're here to help families. We're here to help all ages, all, all dimensions of life. That's what we're about. And so as the offering basket comes by, you can just whisper, whisper a prayer of gratitude that we get to be a part of that. And um, even those of you online, if you want to join us with that, you can use the app, you can use the website. There's all kinds of different ways you can give that way as well.